Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Borders podcast, the podcast that explores topics related to international trade. This podcast is brought to you by Buckland. For over 70 years, Buckland has been working to help companies across the world experience global trade in a better way. As a customer-focused company, we provide you with a single source of unmatched customs brokerage, trade-managed solutions, freight forwarding, and trade technologies and warehousing and distribution services. I'm your host, Jenny Kaus, Marketing and Communications Specialist at Buckland, and today I'm speaking with our guest, Sarah Hebert, about how to complete a Canada Customs invoice like a pro. Sarah's an account manager here at Buckland and holds her Certified Customs Specialist designation in Canada and in the United States, and she's also a Certified Trade Compliance Specialist. Sarah has a decade of experience in the industry and has worked with a wide range of importers across industries. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Today, we are going to be going through the Canada Customs Invoice, box by box, to clearly detail how to complete this vital import document and help you avoid costly delays that can occur when it is completed incorrectly. If you can, I recommend that you follow along with our learning guide on this topic that can be found at buckland.com under learning. We have a downloadable learning guide called How to Complete a Canada Customs Invoice, which makes a great companion to this podcast. Without any further ado, let's get started with box one, Sarah. So the first thing that needs to be filled out on the Canada Customs Invoice is the vendor. This needs to be the name and the address from where the goods were purchased. And it's very important that we include the full address in this field. So you have the company name, their street address, state, country, and postal code. Field two is the date of direct shipment. This is the date that the goods begin their continuous journey to Canada. We get a lot of questions in regards to how do I know what date to use? Do I use the date the invoice was filled out? Do I use the date that the goods are going to arrive into Canada? This needs to be the date that the goods are loaded into the truck to begin their journey to Canada. If they are loaded into the truck and then they're going to go to um, a truck yard for a day and then continue to Canada, it must be the date that the goods are loaded into the truck. Other reference field in number three is where we're going to include any purchase order number, sales order number, if there's an invoice number from a commercial invoice, any specific indicator to these particular goods. Field four is the consignee. This is going to be the party to where the goods are actually physically being shipped to. This can be the same or different from the purchaser, but it's important to know where that truck or a plane or train is going to deliver those goods to in Canada. Field number five is the purchaser's name and address. With all the addresses on the Canada Customs Invoice, make sure we're filling out the complete address. So your street, your province, your country, your postal code. The purchaser needs to be the individual company who will be responsible for the duties and taxes on this shipment. It can be different from the consignee. Frequently, we have goods that are purchased from one company and they're having it direct shipped to one of their customers or a different plant. If this is the same as the consignee, you do have the option to leave it blank. You can enter the same name and address in both if you like. It's not mandatory. Box six is for the country of transshipment. 
if goods are coming through Canada, but they're not going to enter the economy and they're going to leave the country on their way to another country, we indicate the country where they're going to be going there. Field number seven is for the country of origin of the goods. It's very important that this is filled out with where the goods are physically made. So if they were perhaps made in China, but they're coming from the U.S., we indicate China. If we have multiple goods and there's more than one country of origin, we can put various in field seven or see below in field seven and indicate for each shipment in, or each item in the shipment their specific country of origin in field 12. Box eight is the transportation mode and the place of direct shipment to Canada. We will be entering how the goods are coming into the country. So for example, are they coming by truck? Are they coming by rail? And where were they shipped from? So maybe they were shipped from Los Angeles by truck. We would put truck, Los Angeles. Field nine is for the condition of sales and terms of payment. So this can be in various things. This depends on your purchase with your suppliers. Is it net 30? Is it DDP, etc.? One thing that we do have available on our website, if you're not sure what goes in here, is an INCO terms. It outlines um, if it's GDP, freight on board, etc. These would typically be entered in field number nine. Field 10 is the currency of settlement. Here, it's very important to know, is this U.S. dollars? Is this Canadian dollars? Is this euros? However, these goods are being purchased on the Canada Custom Invoice. We must put the currency of settlement in field 10. Field 11 is for the number of packages. This is important to note that for these next 11 to 15 fields, it's going to go straight across the line. Number 11, we indicate how many packages the goods on line 1 of box 12 are packaged. This is not how they're being sold, but the number of packages in which they're put into. Field 12 is where we're going to enter all of the specifications of the commodities that are being imported. Here, we will put as much detail as possible. If you have a part number, a part description, any characteristics, often the HS classification is also noted in field 12. So, for example, we could have steel tubes, 24 feet long, packaged in one box. It would say one box, 24-inch steel tubes, and the classification below it. Box number 13 is for the quantity. This is how the goods are being sold for this line. So if they're being sold by feet, we would put in 200 feet if that's the quantity we've purchased. If it's being sold by piece, we would put in however many pieces of line 12 are in here. Um, is, and include your quantity of measurement with it, especially if it's by a weight or a size. Field 14 is for the unit price. So however the goods are sold um, in field 13 and however much we're paying per that unit, that unit will, price number will be entered in box 14. And box 15 is going to be your total value for that first line. So if we have 200 pieces that we're selling at a dollar a piece, it will say 200 in box 13, a um, dollar 
under box 14 for a total of $200 in box 15. For these fields, however many items you have, you're going to continue to enter that many lines. So if you have five items, there'll be five lines following it across. Box 16 is your total weight of the shipment. Wherever possible, please indicate your net and gross weight. Your net weight is going to be the weight of the goods themselves. The gross is going to be the weight of the goods with their packaging. Box 17 is your invoice total. So if you have multiple lines in the totals in box 15, you tally them up into box 17 for the full value of the goods coming in on this Canada Customs invoice. Box 18 is for a commercial invoice number. If this Canada Customs invoice is summing up a commercial invoice, you can check off the box and include your commercial invoice number in this field. Box 19, the exporter's name and address. Often goods are purchased from one vendor, but shipped from another vendor, or from another location, sorry. In this situation that you have purchased them from one company, but they are coming directly from another exporter, the exporter's name and address, if it's different than the vendor, will be entered into box 19. Box 20 is the originator. This is who is completing the Canada Customs invoice if it is someone other than the consignee or the vendor. This is typically completed in the situation where an importer is using a freight forwarder on their behalf to sum up many, perhaps many commercial invoices of the same product. But whoever fills out this particular form needs to note their name and address in box 20. If you have any customs rulings, we will enter them in box 21 for any agency rulings. This is if you're bringing in a specific good, goods and Canada Customs has indicated this is your ruling number. We're advising you that it must be classified this way. For box 22, if boxes 23 to 25 are not applicable, we will check off this box and we're going to cover what those boxes are momentarily and when we will fill them out. Box 23. So I'm going to try and make this simple, guys. It gets a little confusing here. If there is any amounts included in field 17, we're going to indicate them here. Field 17 is most common, or I'm sorry, Box 23 is most commonly utilized when there's freight or other costs for those goods included in box, included in the price that you pay. So if you are paying perhaps $1,000 for goods, but that $1,000 includes the freight cost and who you are purchasing them from has indicated a breakout of how much those are, we're going to note them in field 23. So we have three different things that are included here. We have your transportation charges, expenses, and insurance from the place of direct shipment to Canada. We have any costs for construction, erection, and assembly incurred after importation into Canada. And we have export packing. In those situations, we do need a dollar value if it's included in the cost that you've paid for the goods. The reason for that is you do not pay duty or taxes on the cost of the freight, just the cost of the goods. Box 24 is if we have any of those same goods or same fees 
charged, but they're not included in box 17. So if we have transportation charges, expenses, and insurance to the place of direct shipment to Canada, we will indicate it there. That is most commonly incurred for overseas shipments. If we have goods, perhaps they're purchased from China, there is a freight cost from the manufacturer to the port that's not included, where the port where the container is going to be loaded on the ship, that will get indicated in box 24. If there's any commissions other than buying commissions, we would indicate it here. And if there's any export packing that is not included in box field, box 17, it gets included here. Box 25, this is simply going to be checked off if either of these apply. If royalty payments or subsequent proceeds are paid or payable by the purchaser, or if the purchaser has supplied goods and services for the use and the production of these goods. So if you are sending perhaps tour and die over to be used to make your goods, you would check off box 25. Thank you very much, Sarah. That was, uh, that was great. And I think it's very helpful to go through it in that kind of a way where we're kind of going through it really box by box and detailing exactly how to complete that. So thank you for walking us through that Canada Customs invoice in that step-by-step -step way. If you have any questions about completing a Canada Customs invoice or about anything else, please reach out to us at csagroup at buckland.com. That's the Beyond Borders podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to our guest, Sarah Hebert, for joining us and for sharing your expertise. If you're looking for more resources related to international trade, please check out buckland.com and click on learning across the top of the website. Here you will find a range of resources, including learning guides, webinars, and podcasts. Our downloadable learning guides include topics such as how to complete a Canada Customs invoice, best practices for importing into Mexico, common pro forma mistakes, Inco terms, and many more. We also host live monthly webinars and we invite you to sign up online to secure your spot for an informative presentation followed by a Q&A session. The best way to keep up to date on all of these resources is through our weekly newsletter. We send out a newsletter every single Wednesday containing our latest resources as well as a roundup of the latest trade news delivered straight to your inbox. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us through our website's contact us page or through Twitter where our handle is at Buckland Tweets or on our LinkedIn company page. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Borders podcast and be sure to tune in again and subscribe for more great conversations about importing, exporting, and everything else in the world of logistics and international trade.